you know. Yeah, I mean, when I see people talking about doing 50 muscle ups, I'm like, damn. Yeah. You know? I ran until my muscles burned and my veins pumped battery acid. More powerful than a locomotive. An idea is like a virus, resilient, highly contagious. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHumanology.com, the free membership website brought to you by Into 3 Fitness. Head over to BetterHumanology.com and claim your free membership and get instant access to training programs, audio lessons, mental toughness training, ebooks, and more. Hey guys, Jared Moon here, and thank you for joining me in episode number two of the Better Humanology podcast. Today we have Andy Fawcett from gold medal bodies aka the boss he will be talking to us uh on multiple ways to become a better human from mastering training cycles to mastering the way your body moves it is a great topic i know it is extremely beneficial for everyone out there to learn how to move better and you know master yourself a little bit better than you did yesterday so let's talk to him and see what he has going on Hey, Andy, it's great to have you on, and I just wanted to start by, you know, letting my readers get a feel for for your background and what you're doing now. Could you fill us in on that? Sure. Um, Well, my personal background is that I started training martial arts when I was very young, when I was maybe six or seven, and I did that for a long time. And at a certain point, I decided that instead of focusing on competition, the thing that really interested me was teaching. And I started learning how to teach from a very young age. And I actually went on to become a school teacher and was very into education and learning that. So what got me into fitness training, which is what I do now, is that I wanted to be a better martial arts coach. And so I was trying to look for ways, um, you know, a lot of the traditional martial arts training methods are just really, they're, they're just a bunch of wives' tales. So I started researching how real athletes train in various sports and tried to bring that into my martial art. And uh, while I was looking into things and learning, I came across a couple of guys who I thought were very smart. Ryan Hurst, who uh, is a former gymnast and a trainer, and uh, Jarlo Alano, who's a physical therapist. And uh, we all had martial arts backgrounds and we realized we had a lot of common ground and we got together and started putting ideas together and that's how we kind of came up with GMB Fitness, which is our company uh, that we teach now. That's really awesome. And of all the, the fitness or training websites that I've seen, you guys have one of the best, like most well laid out uh training schemes I've seen you guys you have Thank a pro- you. have a process you have a methodology because a lot of times you get to a website and you're you're a little bit confused sometimes about exactly what it is and, and you guys don't waver at all you know what what your website is yeah. about the second you get there well um, it took us a while to arrive at that of course you know we've we've all got a lot of things that we've done before but we we've now gotten to the point where we found a lot of things that we we do know that we're solid on and with the website it that's just a product of of us being very anal and a lot of like my education background if you're going to express something try to express it as clearly as possible yeah and you guys do a great job at that and you know I'll hop right into one of the first questions I have for you uh because your website is so laid out you guys 
put a large emphasis on learning your body first, uh, which is yeah. awesome. I, I think that that type of intelligence uh, needs to be harnessed before people can can truly progress. But can you explain that a little bit more and, and why it's important? Sure. I mean, there's really two reasons why we think that that's one of the first things that we really value in training. The one is that um, when people start working out, they they have a tendency to want to emulate their heroes, right? And they end up doing inappropriate exercises or routines and a lot of times injuring themselves or just not making progress, right? If you're, if you're just getting off the couch or if you work at a desk or if you work unloading trucks or something and you jump into a routine that's made for an NFL linebacker, obviously that's not going to be appropriate. But it's the same thing with a routine for, that's created by someone whose job is to work out, right? Right. So you can't compare yourself to that. So you have to know where you're coming from first. But the other reason is that it ultimately, I think, really comes down to what we like to call physical autonomy, right? Knowing that you can do with your body what you need to do with your body. So, like, if you have a map to some destination, it's not really helpful if you don't know where you're starting from. So with your body, you you need to know what your limits are. You need to know where you're at in order to know what you need to do to get where you want to go with that. Yeah, and that's it. That's really good. How do you... How do you recommend, uh, you know, starting uh, just like simple awareness, uh, you know, or, or learning your body from like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it really depends on, you know, where you're at, you know, in, in life and where you're at and are you just starting out or are you, have you been training for a while? It might be different, but the biggest things are just to, um, one of the best exercises you can do with, I mean, with any particular movement but the best uh, trainings you can do for just trying to learn where you're at and so bring a little bit of mindfulness to what you're doing is just really slow down and stop counting. Uh, don't worry about sets or reps with anything. You can do this with any kind of exercise you want, but just slow it down and think about noticing where your body is at. Noticing, you know, does your does your back stay in good alignment while you are moving correctly? Do you notice that you have a little pain in your ankle? Are your knees symmetrically moving? I mean, these are just examples. Depending on the movement, it might be different things, but slow it down and notice it and you'll start finding things that you've overlooked, that you've taken for granted. And that's really the key is it's, it's noticing we, we don't notice a lot of the things that we do because, you know, we all know how to walk. So we don't notice that we walk with, that we drag our left foot or that we step on our right heel or turn out or something, right? Right. But noticing is the key to really starting to have, to, to having that self-knowledge so then you know what to correct. That's perfect. And I think on that note of slowing down mm-hmm. um, also goes along with you guys talking about focusing on on fewer goals and following natural training cycles. Yeah. Uh, can you give me some examples of this? Sure. I mean, the biggest thing is it's just like, you know, going to, like, if you want a steak, you don't go to a buffet, right? You go to a steak place. Right. Well, it's the same thing with training. If you want to be, if you want to build your strength, don't be doing a lot of endurance work. You know, if yeah. you, if you want to run a marathon, don't be doing bicep curls because it's just not relevant. And you have limited time and energy in your life, right? Uh, you know, you can be good at everything, but just not all at once. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, so I think you have to pick things to focus on at any given time. And, you know, cycles in life are obvious. We have sleep and seasons and things like that. But in training, people seem to think that they need to find one perfect program that has everything. Yeah, and that's better at everything in exactly. four weeks. Yeah, yeah, in four weeks. <laughs> yeah. And it's just not realistic, you know. Uh, we, we, you know, four weeks, you said we always overestimate what we can do in four to six weeks, but we underestimate what we can do in a year if we really focus and plan things out and work a program. Yeah. And I, you know, just from my own experience, I recently, uh, stuck to a single strength program, uh, cause I, I have a lot of emphasis on strength training in my, in my mm-hmm. training and, uh, I stuck to it for a year solid and and normally I would go I would do you know 3 or 4 months and then back off and do something mm-hmm. else just to kind of stay fresh but I did a year solid and actually doing that and being smart about it uh staying injury free I saw the most amazing results I've ever seen in strength training and that being the longest I've ever stayed with a program for you know 12 solid months so that's fantastic uh, you know I I completely agree with you know, focusing on one thing and sticking with it because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cycling doesn't mean you have to cut things short. You know, if you've got like, you know, if you have like a massive deadlifting goal that you're trying to meet and that's the, that's the thing that you have decided is important to you, then work on it. You keep working on it. Yeah, that's great. And, and you guys talk a lot about moving better. I've watched some of your videos on YouTube mm-hmm. and just watching you guys move is pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> so, Overall, what is a good long-term approach to moving better, and yeah. where does it start? How is it maintained? Sure. Well, I think the big thing to understand about any kind of movement, when you, when you start talking about movement, people think it's like some esoteric thing, like, well, there's weightlifting, and then there's movement, which is artistic, and I, I need to learn how to balance on one hand and do this Chinese acrobat stuff, but... It doesn't, you don't have to go that far. You know, you just have to, you have any movement that you want to approach. It's just a combination of strength, flexibility, and motor control. You know, you know, we like to do handstands because there's something that's accessible for just about everyone. And people will, everyone thinks that they can just jump up and do a handstand. And then they'll try it and they'll fall over and they say, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, you know. The reason is you're, you're lacking either strength, flexibility, or control. And in most cases, a little bit of all three, you know. But regardless of, of what the movement is, you need to just see where you're at, like we talked about a little bit early, and then develop those three attributes as appropriate. So, you know, a long-term approach to moving better just starts with um, starts with finding some sort of movement that you think is interesting, you know, um, I, I'm not here to tell anyone what are the important movements for them, what are the important skills for them, because I think that that's something that we all need to decide for ourselves. But find something that's interesting and then, you know, maybe something that looks a little challenging, that's a goal you can aspire to, but then also figure out, you know, realistically what level you're at and back off to something that is a basic version to prepare for that. Don't go for the one-arm handstand first. If that's your goal, then the starting point is always to look at, well, what's the very basis of doing that? And in hand balancing, one of the things that's one of the most basic things you can do is like a frog stand or something or the crow pose in yoga, right? Where you're very low to the ground, but you're still 
balanced on your hands. And that can start getting you comfortable with this stuff. And you just keep working on it like that. You're always testing and seeing where you're weak and developing that strength, flexibility, and motor control that you need for the level that you're at. And it it gradually gets more sophisticated. And as you, you have the levels of those attributes you need, then your skill increases. And you can go up to more complicated skills. It, and I, I completely agree. But I have a quick question sure. uh, just out of my own curiosity. Just And if you think I'm completely wrong, that, <laughs> that is perfectly fine with me because I am, I'm not the expert on this topic. You guys are. Uh, and uh, I wrote an article a long time about how to do handstands. Mm-hmm. And I just... I call it the sink or swim approach, and it was mm-hmm. pretty much just find a mat and throw yourself up over and over again until you finally get it. What, mm-hmm. what would your thoughts be on that training approach for a handstand? Okay, so I think that that is something that's going to develop your balance and motor control, right? Okay. Yeah. And it's going to help you get over the fear of doing a handstand, and that's definitely a component. Um, you know, So when we teach people handstands, we always teach them how to bail out of one. Okay. Uh, safely, right? But so that's not a bad method if the thing that's holding you back is a fear or not knowing how to balance or anything. Just throw yourself up. You're practicing getting into a handstand, right? And you're making your body more comfortable inverted, which is a no mean task for a lot of people. Um, in terms of being able to hold a handstand straight up, uh, it's probably not going to help you very much because you're just throwing yourself and not controlling it. And what you really need to do is learn how to uh, learn how to get into a handstand controlled and then stay balanced. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think that that's something that it probably addresses one side of the handstand. And if you do have the strength and flexibility to do it properly, you can probably get there that way. But it might not work for all people. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense because I, cool. and, and I actually, the, the perfect example of that is when I was first starting uh, doing handstands, that's for me. Uh, I guess I'm pretty coordinated. It, it worked for me. Mm-hmm. And then I, my friend was like, oh, man, I want to learn handstands. And I was like, yeah, dude, let's go in this room and uh, I'll, I'll show you my method. And uh-huh. uh, he never quite got it. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> well, maybe this isn't the best way to train people to do handstands. But Yeah, and that's something that as trainers I think we find a lot is the things that worked for us might not always work for our clients. Right. Uh, you know, because – you know, like I said, I come from a long time martial arts background, so I've got very good physical control in general. But I can't assume that someone I'm working with knows where their little finger is at all times. Right. You know. Yeah, and it's something hard to think about too. You know, I, yeah. I completely agree. Okay, which uh, moves us into a question on on kipping because I I want <laughs> to, and this actually stems from one of the first conversations we ever had uh, where you know, you, you, you kind of mentioned something about kipping muscle ups. And, and so I wanted to get your full opinion on, sure. uh, your honest opinion on kipping muscle ups, pull ups, uh, kipping anything really. Yeah. Well, I think at the heart of it though, it's kind of like a red herring is to have an opinion on an exercise, right? Right. Yeah. Um, cause no exercise itself is good or bad. I think honestly, the things that you need to have opinions are, are how to apply certain exercises in certain contexts for certain goals, right? right? And so, you know, kipping, obviously, if you're talking about kipping muscle ups, it becomes a CrossFit conversation. And I don't do CrossFit, so I'm not an authority on what is or is not proper for that. But 
um, I see a lot of people that seem to be of the seem to believe that kipping muscle ups or kipping pull ups are a good training tool for strict muscle ups or pull ups. And I do not believe that to be the case. I've never seen anyone that learned a strict muscle up by doing kipping muscle ups. Right. You know, I think that because, and the reason is basically because when you kip, you're using momentum instead of. Uh, instead of making your muscles work against resistance. And if your muscles do not work against resistance, they will never get strong enough to pull you up. Okay. And, and that's, that's the reason why I, for, for the context that we have at GMB, the pull-ups and muscle-ups are strength exercises. They're not sports-specific performance. Uh, so we don't have an event in GMB where we say, how many muscle-ups can you do in a minute? Right. But we use them to build strength for other things. So we want to practice them as a strength exercise. Okay, yeah, and I I completely agree with that because personally my training, uh, I have a few more strength goals I want to accomplish and then the next mm-hmm. realm after that I want to is to do my best to to master my body in in some of these gymnastic movements and I've yeah. I've already started playing with some of them and I could do kipping muscle-ups all day long, pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean I can do strict as well, but to actually do a strict muscle-up workout yeah, I'm exhausted at the end, you know. Yeah, I mean, when I see people talking about doing 50 muscle-ups, I'm like, damn! Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely a huge different difference there. And uh, I think as long as people know that distinction, then, then they'll be good to go. Sure, sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing kipping if that's your thing. But just, you know, know why you're doing it is the whole deal. Yeah, or even maybe just experiment, even if yeah. that's your thing, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, you've got nothing to lose by trying uh, another perspective. Certainly not. All right, man. We're going to hop into the quick fire part of the show. Um, sure. One of my favorite parts. So you get to answer a couple questions, and the the questions are the same for every for every guest. And so, let's see what you got. So, hardest workout you've ever done, or hardest movement to perform. Uh, the hardest workout was probably sparring like 30 people at my last training at a certain dojo, but hardest movement, I mean, we, we could hypothesize indefinitely about like difficult <laughs> feats of strength, right? But it's kind of like masturbation. Um, for me, the most difficult movement is any kind of bridging movement. I, I have, uh, issues with my shoulders and back that I've always been working on and I find that personally to be the, the hardest. All right. All right. In your opinion, what's the best activity for building mental toughness? Uh, competition. Competition is how you develop and how you test toughness. Uh, the thing to realize is that it doesn't always have to be kill or be killed competition. There can be friendly competition and different levels of it with lower stakes. I love that. All right. If you could train with any significant figure in history, who would it be and why? Uh, Abe Lincoln, big guy, long reach. That's, that's, that's a Fight Club reference there. Sorry. Yeah, that's um, awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I think, man, like, there could be anyone. But the, the thing is, I think it's, it's really a lot of times too much of an individual journey to, to have a great answer about this for me. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of anyone in, in particular. Okay. If you could have one piece of equipment to train with for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I'm such a product of our times. It would have to be a smartphone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, looking things up and everything is cool, but actually the biggest thing is that it's the easiest way to quickly record and play back a video. And I, I find being able to see video of my training is very, very helpful. That's really interesting. That's awesome. Uh, any particular program that you use? 
I, I just use the uh, the camera app on my iPhone. Okay. You don't even yeah. slow it down or anything. That, that's no, awesome. no. All right, man. And then this is the most important question of the show. Uh, <laughs> the best advice you have for becoming a better human. Man, that is a very important question. And unfortunately, I'm probably not very qualified to answer it, but I, I do try. Um, <laughs> if I have to give advice on this, I just say read books. Read lots of books, all genres and types. I, you know, Books are where the smartest of our ancestors wrote down the things that they valued most. And I think that there's you know, that, that means something. And you should read old stuff and new stuff too, but anytime you're reading, especially with a, a critical frame of mind, you're improving your ability to think. You still have to get out there and apply things and interact with the world, but I think reading books uh, can just teach you more than almost anything else you can think of. That's a really awesome answer. All right, man. Uh, so I'm sure people want to go check you out. Uh, so what's the best place for people to learn more about you or what you're doing? Uh, the best place is uh, to search for GMB Fitness or go to gmb.io. Uh, we're all over the interwebs, and you can find us pretty easily on our website or Facebook or YouTube. All right, and I highly recommend everyone go check out gmb.io. They have amazing stuff, a free guide on getting uh, handstand uh, accomplished. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, and yes. Uh, really great products as well. So. Andy, I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, well, thank giving, you, Jared. Giving us some tips for being a better human. And thanks, my man. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Better Humanology podcast. If you want to know about any of the resources we talked about, head on over to betterhumanology.com and check out the podcast show notes. Likewise, we have betterhumanology.com slash toolbox where you can find every resource that we've ever talked about on the podcast. So go check it out. Until next time, here's to becoming a better human.